Welcome to the Power of the Cross with Pastor Farrell Wilson from Grenada, Mississippi. Joel chapter 2. If you're joining us on the internet, thank you. We got several families listening. We welcome you and don't forget you can go to grenadachurch.com slash donate and bring your tithes and offerings there. We appreciate all the help y'all been giving us. We welcome y'all also here with our church family here at the Lighthouse. Joel chapter 2, we're going to start at verse 12. Therefore also now, says the Lord, turn you even to me with all your heart, with fasting and with weeping, with mourning. And rend your heart, not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repents him of the evil. Who knows if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. 15. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify fast, call a solemn assembly. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for your many blessings. Lord, we, we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit this morning. The one God that makes the teaching and preaching possible. The one that opens our ears and our heart to receive your word. It's not about performance. It's not how well we do or how bad we do. It's all up to you, God, to, to put the word in the lives and hearts of men and women here today, those listening. And Father, we pray a great work is done and we'll give you the honor and praise if we ask it in Jesus name. And we say amen. Israel in this part of the Bible, Israel was up under judgment. They had turned their back on God once again and God had sent great plagues upon their nation. They were being, they'd been overrun by droughts and locusts. There was armies coming down to invade them. And it, it, the people had just forgot all the blessings of what if God had bestowed upon Israel. And Joel prophesied to the southern kingdom of Judah. And in this prophecy, he, he recounts in the first chapter some things that had happened, but he, the, God is pleading with the people. And I'm going to make a strong statement here. And you can agree or disagree, but that's okay. I'm not going to change my opinion nor my mind about it. But the United States has already started to come up under God's judgment. Things like abortion, sexual sins, the pride that is set up in our nation, people leaving the house of God and making every excuse under the sun. You can say what you want to say. But as I watch the sin go across this nation, as I watch things like mass shootings start to happen left and right, folks, we are, we are going to have to wake up out of this spiritual slumber. I preach a lot of salvation messages, but I don't know that this morning is for the unbeliever. I've got to minister to those that are saved and they're on their way to heaven also sometimes. And it, somebody could get saved out of this message, but this is for those this morning who know Christ, who say that they are a child of God. And Joel chapter 2 starts out with a serious call to people. Folks, we have to get serious about our Christianity once again. We've got to quit sitting on the pews and thinking that everything is going to be okay. We'll just do a little bit and show up. We have to go beyond that. We have to start being that blood-bought church once again that is declaring the truth in the midst of a wicked generation. Do Can we honestly say that we're concerned 
when we just bucked and kicked, just giving up maybe an hour or two for a week for God? Can we say we're concerned when we're spending more time on the internet, Facebook, and television, and all our activities here on earth than we do with God? Can we honestly say that we are that concerned about what is happening to this world if all we're worried about is ourselves? Joel gave that serious call to people, folks, it's time to wake up and blow the trumpet. And they're under sore judgment. It's time to return and repent. To, it, here's a, a lost Christian doctor. To fast. It doesn't mean just to do away with your television for a week or two. It means to fast. It means a abstinence from food. Sometimes if you, if you're medically able, it means even abstinence from water and to pray. Not just, uh, God, thank you for our meal and what a wonderful time we had today. Amen. I'm talking about where we're broken, where we're concerned about what's happening in this nation and to seek God for mercy. And starting at verse 12, God directs us, gives us directions on what to do, how to turn back to him, how to go back to God. And it was a promise if they repented, God said, I would give you back all the blessings that I bestowed upon you. You know, the, this nation is not, with all the craziness that's going on in our nation, this is not the America that I grew up in. And if it doesn't change, it's only going to continue to get worse. I have little grandchildren. I've got a two year old redhead. <laughs> He is something, boy, and I've got a, I've got a, 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 a few, a two month old now, three month old. I done lost track times flying by so fast, little Logan. And I want them little boys to grow up and with the blessings that I had. I want them to be able to roam the land like I did, enjoy the things, the benefits of living up under God's grace and mercy. But if we don't stop, if we don't turn back to God, it's not going to be much longer. You can say what you want to say. You can say we have all the time in the world. I think this thing is coming to a close quicker than we want to believe. God said He'd repair the branches. He said He would restore the plenteous of goods. But they had to do some things. Number one, they had to realize who they are. We have to quit being this prideful people and being so hateful to each other. We've got to stop it. Well, Brother Wilson, them liberals are just going crazy. They always went crazy. They're going to continue to go crazy. Just wait till Donald Trump goes back in in 2020 or 2020. You ain't seen nothing yet. We're going to have this, the, the, the liberal movement come unhinged on us, but we don't fight back with hate. We don't fight back. With our fists, we don't fight back with a rifle. You may have to protect your home someday, but us as Christians, we have to realize who we are. We're in the same boat as everybody else. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God is what the Bible says. I'm just an old sinner. You're just an old sinner. Every single person in here today, every person has ever graced this earth, save Jesus Christ. Every single one of us, the Bible says, for we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And when Paul addressed the Jews about the issues they were having, they were condemning everybody around them for all their actions and the things they were doing. 
In Romans in, in chapter 2, this is what Paul told the Jews. Do you really think God won't punish you? When you behave exactly like the people you're accusing, do you really think God won't punish the people that are sitting in the church when they're behaving exactly like the people they're accusing? Hmm. Paul said, you surely don't think much of God's wonderful goodness or His patience or His willingness to put up with you. Don't you know that the reason God is good to you is because He wants you to turn to Him? That's why we have the blessings we have today. That's why we have this wonderful church. That's why you have your home, your blessing, your good, your, 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 your family, your health. The, the bank accounts with the zeros in it, everything you receive good, for you to turn to Him and use it in His kingdom. Every blessing you have. God has said, realize who you are. Number two, we have to forsake sin. We can't just keep talking about it. We can't say this, well, I'm who I am and God's going to forgive me. That's true. God is full of grace and mercy and goodness. There is no doubt about that. My goodness, folks, our, our God is so good to us and forgives us for all our past circumstances, things we've done. But there has to be a point where we wake up and say, you know what? I can't continue down the same path that I'm going. We can't continue to be the same church that we've been over. I'm not talking about just the lighthouse. I'm talking about all churches that say they're saved by the blood of Christ. There has to come a point where we say, you know what? We've got to turn from the things we're doing wrong. When's the last time that the altar filled up and people stayed crying to midnight and saying, God, help this nation and the things we've done and the way we've sinned against you? Well, I hadn't did anything wrong. We're the church. We're supposed to be praying for this nation. We're supposed to be praying for our leaders. We're supposed to be praying for our brothers and sisters that have fell to the wayside. Turning from sin and true repentance. First John chapter two and verse 15. Here's what God said about the matter. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. If you love the world more than, than God, the things of God, if you hate those around you, if you don't like being around the things of God, you don't like praying. You don't like being in the house of God. You don't like being around Christians. You hate the pastors. And the list goes on and on and on. You can say anything you want. But it looks like to me from the outward appearance that you love the world more than you love God. And God says, well, let me continue on reading. Can't argue with the word of God. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, the pride of the life, what? Is not of the Father. These things like we see in the very heart of them, the pride movements, they're opposed to God from the very name. God hates pride. God will judge pride. God will judge pride. But he that doeth the will of the Father abideth forever. But I do know this, in this last day, we can't back down. We can't back down from the truth of Christ and Him crucified. 
This is not about a ministry out of Baton Rouge. This is not about a denomination out of Cleveland, Tennessee. It's about holding up that blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ. It saves the soul. It washes all the sins away. It is what will set the captive free. When I was down and out, and I couldn't even so much as lift up my head, everything in my life was shambles. It was the cross of Christ that set me free. It wasn't a chair with a doctor talking to me me somewhere. It wasn't a pill. It was the blood of Jesus Christ that set me free. Thank you for listening to The Power of the Cross. We pray this message is a blessing to you. You can access our sermons at GrenettaChurch.com. We also ask you for your financial support in helping us reach the world with the gospel. You can donate to our ministry by secure means at GrenettaChurch.com and click donate. Now back to the message. Sanctify fast in verse 15 and 16. I'll read verse 16. I'd read 15. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and those who suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. We need to call everybody. How do you get kids to respond this? Which I, I don't have any answers for that other than just to preach the truth to them. I do know this from reading surveys with children that have left the church and never went back. I'll tell you one common thread among them. They're sick and tired of seeing hypocrites in the pulpit. They're sick and tired of seeing people say Jesus on one thing and then going out and seeing them on a bar on Friday night. When they look up to the pulpit, they're not expecting perfection. They understand that man's chunk full of flaws just like them. But they are asking somebody to tell them the truth. They are asking them to share the testimony of their own life because they know they've been, uh, uh, they know they bit off big old piece of stupid at some point in their life. They know it. You're not kidding this younger generation. I could sit here and tell you I was a dope addict at one time. I was an alcoholic smoking four packs of cigarettes a day. But I had the testimony now that God washed me clean and set me free. Call everybody. Call the elders. Call call the people in the church. Call the younger people. Sanctify a fast. A trumpet blast was an announcement. We have to announce this to the world. It's time. It's time to avert the judgment of God upon this nation. It's a call to repent and come back to God. Priests, sound the alarm. You men of your house, you are priests of your house. Sound the alarm. Sanctify fast. Start praying to God. This country for over 250 years, for over 250 years from the 1600 till after the Civil War, we nationally called fast. Now you can't even so much breathe the name of Jesus without people coming unhinged. You got to remember these elected officials we have, they're not pastors. We didn't, we didn't elect a pastor. We elect somebody to stand for Christian values, and we did. We've got a vice president that's Christian. I don't care what this gang saying world says about them. I believe if we'll allow and start standing up for the truth, I believe we have the leaders in the White House right now that will call for a fast nationally. 
Folks, this has to get back to a national level. And it's only going to start. It will only start as the church turns back to God and we sanctify fast and we repent and say, God, we have done wrong in your eyes and we need you to turn this thing around. Verse 16 said, no matter what we're doing, nothing is more important than serving God. Don't kid yourself that you can go do anything you want to do and you can serve God on your conditions and your terms. You're kidding yourself. And what is the danger? You will bust the gates of hell wide open one day. And may One thing I can say about this ministry and a few others, you may not like us, but we may not be the greatest orators in the world. We may not have all the flash and bang other ministries have. But there won't be a person that sets up under the sound of our breath that'll have the excuse to stand before the Lord and say, nobody told me. Yeah, we did. Verse 17, supplication was offered. Let the priest, let, this is for the ministers. The ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. When is the last time we've wept over the church? Huh? And let them say, spare your people, O Lord. Give not your heritage to the reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? My prayer over the last few weeks, I know when I wake up in the morning, is God, this nation does not belong to these evil communists. It doesn't. This nation belongs to the children of God. That's why we are where we are at. That's why we have the great nation that we have. I don't care what any of these gainsaying people said. I've done, I have read too much and, and did too much reading and too many studies to know this nation was founded on Christianity. You can say anything you want. Our forefathers, they'll use this as an excuse. Well, some of them wasn't even Christians like, I think maybe one was Benjamin Franklin. That is true. But I tell you what they did understand. They did understand to rightly govern any, anything in our nation, in our house, in our lives had to be done by the Bible. When we're given so many freedoms up under the Constitution, the only way you can enjoy those freedoms, the only way you can keep sanity in a culture is when the nation follows God. You know them things like the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. You know, when a nation understands that, they know not to lock and load AR-15 and go off in, uh, to a shopping center and kill 15, 20 folks. They know that because we have to have God back in our, our, our society. Quit laying down to people and tell them, oh, I didn't, trying to back up in a corner and be quiet about who we are. I'm not backing up in a corner and being quiet about who I am. I am a Christian bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. I love him. Abortion's wrong. All these sexual sins wreaking our nation right now. One in two marriages ending in divorce. I'm not going to back down from it. It's time to get back to the altar and cry and weep and say, God, your name has been profaned. We have to offer supplication and prayer. And I've got to say, God, forgive me, forgive this church, forgive this nation, and and offer prayers up to God. Is is our faith in the right thing in the the the, the message of the cross? It's, it's in that finished work of Christ. We can't go wrong. We can't, folks. This is the message that'll set the captive free.
I'm hearing testimonies now of people that are here in the cross, people that were involved in gay lifestyles are turning their life around now serving the Lord. I have one lady send a message this week. I won't say her name because she's probably listening. 2015, she sent me a message. said, Brother Wilson, if you've got a prayer cloth, I wish you would send it to me. My marriage is in shambles. My husband, I think he might be demon-possessed. I don't know. We're fighting. He's drinking. He won't have nothing. He won't go to church with me. It's just a nightmare. I don't know what to do other than pray. I didn't know her. I, I said, yes, ma'am, we'll pray. And I remember when I come, I laid the prayer cloth down here. Brother Hartley remembers. We prayed over it, and I mailed it to her. And I said, here, our prayers are with you. That's what's most important, not the cloth, the prayers, of what it symbolizes. We couldn't be with you. She tucked that up under his mattress where he sleeps. I got a message just two days ago. I said, Brother Wilson, you may not remember me. But that prayer cloth you sent me back in 2015, now our marriage is completely healed. She said, now we re we had another ceremony and rededicated our vows to one another. Now he's kicked all of his bad friends out of the house away from him, won't let them come in unless they go to church with him. And he's the first one busting open the door to go in the church. Hey, Amen. <laughs> It wasn't for a cry to make the people right. It was a cry for God to have mercy upon the nation of Israel. More importantly, Judah, the southern nation of Judah. You think this thing can turn around, Brother Wilson? I know absolutely it can. In 1904, one of the greatest revivals that ever swept the world, the Welsh Revival. In the Welsh Revival, listen to this, over one hundred thousand souls come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Count them, one hundred thousand. That's a lot of people. This revival was so great, the Welsh revival, that it swept the globe and actually impacted a lot of denominations you know about now as far as your Baptist, Episcopalian, different ones. It had a lot of impact on them, this revival did, because it was during a time that people were drunkards. It was a time when people had vacated the house of God. It was a time when people were piling into casinos and just all types of debauchery, and there was a, a total irreverence for the Word of God. But when this revival started... Men stopped drinking. They stopped going to casinos. Bars shut down. You think it can happen? Well, I tell you what, Grenada, Mississippi's lost about every bar they got. <laughs> Come on, Brother Wilson. I know I'm not the only one praying for it. Keep on shutting them down, Lord. Even the political leader abandoned debating law and showed up at revivals during the Welsh Revival. Denom listen this, denominational barriers were broken. It wasn't about the church of God. It wasn't about the Baptists. It wasn't about the Lutherans or the Catholics. They all come together during this revival as the truth of God's Word was preached. And one man that was used in this was Evan Roberts. 
Evan Roberts, listen to this. He fasted and prayed for 11 years. 11 years. I keep telling you, we, we get down and out. Something don't happen three months. Oh, Brother Wilson, we've had delays here. I know. I, I know. I promise you, I know. Well, this ain't getting done as quick as we'd like it. I know. I, I'm there with you. I weep and cry when things don't happen as fast as I'd like to see them happen. But do you know every great revival that has ever been, every great revival that has happened, there had been times of fasting and prayer. It doesn't earn you anything with God, but it certainly does send up the smoke signals to God. I don't want it to come across as we do an activity and we earn something from God. That's not the idea. But you better believe fasting is scriptural. There was a time when the church pulled theirself away from the table and devoted time to God praying. And it's not just about the act of abstaining from food, but when you go without a meal or two, you get your mind on God real quick. I know when I miss a couple of meals, my mind gets diverted completely and totally to Him, and nothing interrupts me because, boy, God, however you, long you want me doing this, let's do this. We need to get back to fasting and praying. And then during that time, we realize who we are. During that time, we repent. During that time, we make that call that, that we've got to turn back to God. Evan Roberts prayed and fasted for 11 years. Listen, he would wake up at 1 in the morning and pray till 5 a.m. He would go back to bed. He'd wake up at 9, and he would pray again till 12. He cried for God to bend the church, not the world. Come on, Brother Wilson, that's good That's good preaching right there. He prayed for God to bend the church, not the world. It's time to say, God, bring us back to you. God, bend us and break us again, Lord. Let us know who we are. Verse 18 and 19. Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Yes, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil. You will be satisfied therewith, and I will no more make you the reproach among the heathen. I could do an end-time study if I, if I started tonight, and I could start telling you what all prophecies have been fulfilled before us. Our, our agriculture this year is wiped out. Farmers got demolished up in the Midwest absolutely this year. We've got our heads stuck down on Facebook. We're not wanting to acknowledge these things, but it's happened. There was almost no corn crop this year. Farmers out in the Delta, I don't know that some of them, I think some of them, because of flooding situations, are still up underwater. Our economy is teetering on the edge. A global economy, they're having to put negative interest rates in overseas just to, just to make ends meet and to keep their government above water. We got wars and rumors of wars. There is a constant war raging in the hotbed of where the Antichrist is going to rise up out of. We have earthquakes. We have pestilence. We have disease. All families just about have been impacted by plagues. You can't help it. It happens. We got Christians being murdered. We need to wake up and realize the last days is already upon us. We're here. But God said, if, if, if you'll turn back to me, I'll give you the plenteous. 
I'll, I'll, your, your, your coffers will be running over. You want the good things from God? Do we really think all these great blessings are going to come into our life? Do we think a revival is going to happen with three or four minutes of prayer and no turning back to God, no repentance? Do we really think that's going to happen? We're kidding ourselves. The modern church is done turned to, let's open the doors and hope somebody comes in. That's what most of the church is. Or let me get an entertainment going on. Maybe I could get some clowns for Jesus. Maybe, I'm not joking you. Let's turn the, the youth ministry into a rock and roll type scene. Surely they'll like it. We'll play secular music. We'll embrace ungodly lifestyles. Surely people will listen to us. I'm telling you, the time has come that God's going to only acknowledge one thing, and that is the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ. Nothing else is going to do. And salvation was promised. I'll, I'll skip down to verse 21 and close out with this. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Wasn't that long ago, I, I, I had a, I'll call it a vision. I was in a dream. And I was walking down a path. It looked like it was behind my house. And the devil was just right behind me, just, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. Quit, quit, quit. Why are you doing this? Just stop. You're never going to make it. And I turned around. I told him to shut up and get away from me. And a huge hand come from over my right shoulder, and there was a nail scar in it. <laughs> and he shoved him and pushed him off a cliff. Praise God. The best days are ahead for the church. But we're not going to do it playing part-time Christian with God. We've got some good people here at the Lighthouse. And I know if we make that call to say, you know, folks, it's time to rise up and quit playing church and let's be the church. Not through programs and activities, through fasting and prayer and seeking His face. We have not even scratched the surface of what is about to happen. But He's asking us to sanctify fast, to pray, to seek His face in these last days. There's going to be other ministries involved. There are going to be some huge things happen with the church. I'm not buying into this program the church has done. I didn't sign up for that class to shut the church down and go home. We're not shutting down Wednesday night services. We're not shutting down Sunday night services. We're not quitting Sunday school. We're going to keep that door open and there are going to be people to come in here when God puts them in that position. They got to fill up the house of God. And you lovely people are going to be there with open arms to welcome them in and join us in ministry to see these souls one to the kingdom of God. There are going to be people. We're going to blend them in somehow. We don't have all the answers yet, but it's starting. There's people listening to us live. They're going to become part of our extended church family. Some already have. We're going to reach this out as far as God allow. And when that day comes and that trumpet sounds, I want to know that I did my very best for God. I don't want no regrets in my life. I want to say that I have turned back to Him and I've did my very best. Is, 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 He knows this frail human body. He knows what I can do. He knows how stupid I'm going to be from the get go. 
He already factored that in. Yoink. <laughs> I guess I'm the only one that's got mistakes this morning. <laughs> I know that. Don't let the halos get too big. It's not up to Pharaoh Wilson. It's up to what we preach. And we preach Christ and Him crucified. We're depending upon the power of the Holy Ghost to go forth in this world and drive in those sin-sick souls. Tune in. Whatever we got to do to see them one to the cause of the Christ. A long time ago, a Roman jailer asked an important question to the Apostle Paul. What must I do to be saved? Paul's answer was immediate and to the point. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. We have to realize that our sin separates us from God and the Bible teaches us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So what did God do about this? He made it simple. Scripture says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, and whosoever believes on Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If you'll just take a moment and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. Accept Him as your Savior and make up your mind to make Him Lord of your life and follow Him with all your heart, your mind, soul, and strength as long as you live. If you've made the decision for Christ today, we would love to hear from you and send you a free Bible. Send us a message to info at grenadachurch.com. Thank you once again for listening to The Power of the Cross. If you have prayer requests, questions, or comments, email us at radio at grenadachurch.com or send them to The Lighthouse at P.O. Box 2441, Grenada, Mississippi, 38902. That's P.O. Box 2441, Grenada, Mississippi, 38902. God bless you and have a wonderful week.